It's Tuesday, it's Right Hook Travel, and um, I'm here in Cork, joined by Moncom McGann, as usual, to look at somewhere to go. Just before I go, we are now adding a health warning to all Moncom McGann broadcasts. Do you know why? Go on. Yesterday, Kira Kelly was here with the Right Hook Health Checkup, and the fella said, I'm blaming Moncom McGann. He told me to go to Lack. I went to 5,300 metres and I've got tinnitus ever since. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, is there any health dangers with where we're going this week? Well, to be fair, I don't go to any of those high altitude places that I I send other people to. I get get extreme um, altitude sickness. You told me that before. Yeah. 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 So so I'm suffering with him as well. Because my daughter did the Camino, is it? That's Mm. at altitude as well, isn't it? There's only peaks of it. Yeah, God, if you're doing it, really going over between France and Spain you'll get to some high points but yeah normally yeah, you can avoid yeah. those you're going around but a lot of people suffered apparently yeah the great one is Machu Picchu like Machu that's right. Picchu that's oh, the, the one yeah, yeah, yeah that has sorry, really high wrong one yeah. wrong one um, yeah, no, you need to acclimatise there in Peru, in, in Lima before, yeah. or then up to Cusco, ideally. So this time we're going nowhere near altitude. We're gonna, this is the Irish week, and what we're looking at this week is sort of places, little ventures around Ireland who have determined to try and offer a tourist product that is as ecologically or as sustainably sound as they can get away with. Okay? And again, if we had been doing this 10 years ago, there probably would have been one, if even one. There would have been nothing at all. So this is a whole new movement. There's now like the EU is like um, promoting these places and, and sort of trying to help them. And if someone has any sort of green credentials, they will mark you either bronze, silver or gold. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so what, you do, what you're finding is these places, they're somewhere off the main beaten track. Like if you have the place in the heart of Dingle, you don't really need to sell on your green credentials. But um, these other places which would have been overlooked and are, are creating sort of their own, this is their brand that they're going for the green. One place that I had never heard of to my shame before was um, in Mill Street, County Cork. It's called Mill Street Country Park. It's been going since 1995. They were way ahead. Now clearly back then people weren't interested That's in what they were doing. 20 years ago. Exactly, exactly. Now I mean they've developed it a lot. They've now, so what it is it's just, it's a vast slice of land that a, a landowner had and devoted, he wanted to make sure to maintain what was there uh, in as pristine condition as he could, okay? Now he could do that in the, in the past with rep scheme or something but there was never a tourist, you weren't going to get tourists to come to it. Now it's thriving. There's now sort of two cafes. There's a Nibble in the Park cafe for if you're just going for a walk in the place or there's a Willow and Thyme restaurant at night which is using food grown on the locality in the farm yeah. and in the polytunnels and foraged from the local areas. Uh, they have their own venison. They now have a deer farm and so they're for serving their own de- venison. So it's an entire enclosed ecosystem that is devoted to mainly educating people. So you know the way you want your walk at the weekend. You want to bring the kids out on a Saturday or Sunday and you used to go up to a quilted woodland or you'd go to you know a paid-in uh, sort of, you know... Um, whatever, paintball or something. But what this is about, it's about like an educational, cultural and ecotourism destination. So they're providing activities that are going to, you know, uh, engage young people. There may be not quite teenagers. It's more like the eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds, curious people who will be open to the idea of a bug hunt or a foraging walk or a wildlife All walk. Right, okay. Two-hour walks, cost 10 euros. And it's, it's normally, it's like a normal walk, but actually an expert, a sort of one of their local ecologists is going to show you the different... 
um, either the, you know the different animals that are there, different forage foods, or different air, and it's just it's a different afternoon. It's a different afternoon's experience. Okay. But what's amazing is the richness in this one site. There's a fullachfia, you know, the old place where our sort of our Celtic ancestors used to cook their dinners. So the guides will sort of show you how where the river is coming through, the hole for the stones, and then the wood for burning it. They show you an old hedge school again on the site on the leeward side of a big rock where the when the master would be coming through during the during the penal times where you know education for Catholics was outlawed. Um, the sort of the rock where the people used to gather to be to be taught. They also show you the Kerry slug, you know, Ireland's indigenous nine, a seven centimetre long slug. And again, the only way we're going to know about these, we don't care, but young people are curious. And if you show, you sort of open your their So the kids people. would see these slugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, this isn't dramatic. It's not Disneyland. But if for an, for an alternative, for someone trying to show, we can make tourism activities in less sort of spectacular areas by just honing in but, on what's But like there. I have a six-year-old, seven-year-old grandchildren, mm-hmm. like, right, boy, girl-like. And uh, I'd be really interested to see how they might react to this kind of slugs exactly. and stuff. I mean, yeah. you, it's got to be celebrated. And the more they, they're doing this in Germany and Austria, they've always been open to sort of, you know, immersing people in the in wildlife, um, okay. well, but this, some people are bringing it a f- whole step further. There's a place in Galway, and again, in a not particularly fashionable part of Galway, in Drummond Wood, as part of the old Great Forest of Octi. In other words, this is this is sort of not Connemara. This is southeastern, more Galway, and it's a place called Crown Oak Eco Farm. Again, 14 acres devoted to be eco. They got a gold eco certification from Europe, which requires extreme levels. So they have all. Compost lavatories, toilets, no, no septic tank, just you know, basically a lime pit, um, you know, a, a, a bucket with some paper with some. With you some really have to sell me on the bucket, please. <laughs> they give t- courses in DIY in using a bucket. <laughs> no, in, in DIY wood turbines, uh, making your own wood turbine at home <laughs> okay. or in natural. You're going to have to work harder at selling me on this. <laughs> okay, no, okay, but just so okay. I bought your slug, but your bucket, <laughs> I'm not sure about. So all, so all the accommodations all got econo taps, which is this new generation of sustainable water taps. They have solar heated showers, but the big thing they're going on is forest school. Okay, so it's a forest education package for young people. It was invented clearly in America, where all these things were, but by this man um, called called John Young, who was mentored when he was a kid by a tracker, by one of the original American trackers called Tom Brown Jr. in fishing and hunting and gathering, and he, he was also tutored by an Apache elder of the Coyote tribe. So he learned all about the medicinal plants, the survival skills, the, the gathering, the hunting. And he realised young people, this was in the 80s in America, weren't learning these. So he, he went back to the tracker and devised a whole, basically a whole uh, curriculum of how to survive in the outdoors. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and this Crown Oak in, in Eco Farm in Galway are the only people who, have, who are sort of providing it. So you, you send your kid there for a week, for two weeks, and they, were, they just get, they, they learn about you fire know, making. It's, it's the ecological version of Irish college. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, that's really, I so, buy that. I you, like that. You learn rope ladders, with climbers. the bucket and all that. <laughs> <laughs> so you learn how to mould mud and, into, and wood into buildings and into shelter. You learn fire yeah. making. You learn wild food and foraging, orienteering, wildlife observation. I you hope could, this is successful because it deserves to be. Yeah, I mean, it's, you could say it's a bit like the Cub Scouts, but the Cub Scouts didn't have an eco element. It was no, just about adventure no. and hoy. This is about how to survive using the skills that trackers in America would have done long ago. Like it's, it's brilliant. It's a, and again, it's sort of risky. All of these things, because people are being so protective of their children, you're having to put insurance, you're having to put a lot of... Uh, of adults keeping an eye on them. So, like, as you said, 
ventures like that do deserve uh, to, to succeed. Okay. So they, I mean, they have yurts and cabins for adults. They run adults courses. Clearly, you're not going to be sending your kid to learn a, a DIY wind turbine. Um, but uh, so there's different courses for adults and young people. And it's just basically resting, which can be completely taken off from electricity and being in an area of wilderness of, of enjoying it. Another place is Knuchsuan, again in County Galway, another part of, uh, well, it's, it's in Connemara, but their whole idea is they're trying to recreate a 17th century um, basically pre-famine village, peasant life in 17th century village. This this couple, uh, about 20 years ago now, about 15 years ago, bought an area of um, of, of 200 acres of natural wilderness. And in, underneath all the ferns and, and, and the heather, they found basically these old 17th century buildings. So slowly they've rebuilt them. They did it during the height of the boom. And the only way they were able to afford it, were got, they got two Romanians who were building the same sort of houses in their own place in Romania. You know, basically shepherd's huts and basic and basic stone houses and for about four years they spend recreating this again it's all ecological it's all heat pumps and trying to have as gentle a touch um, on the landscape as they can but I hope these people are making money I really do well, these because are, yeah. this is fabulous now Canuxuan have tapped into the American market so it's not only it's not only ecological but it's also it's every element you know their, their, their tagline for the American market is in Irish it's charm and even fianaise er star na mhuintre údar ceilúra er heithr na lúinte a bhíán agus lón anama which is basically connecting with the people the culture creativity nature and landscape in restored 17th century hill village on 200 acres so every day they'll bring in local musicians they'll bring in you'll, you can do Irish language courses the Irish Times said Cnuchsuan is not preserving Irish language music and traditions to enshrine it in some sort of dead heritage way it's keeping it alive it's like it's something I hadn't you know when you go to foreign countries you see these where they yeah. they create uh, sort of immersive areas in the local culture this is only beginning but in Ireland just I, I wouldn't like you to kind of suggest that these foreign countries necessarily have the hammerlock on this sort of stuff right I went to Norway mm-hmm. right uh, which was fantastic I had this cruise up all the fjords and everything which was fantastic but not on re- a real cruise ship you know but it was delivering the papers and mm-hmm. everything and the various things but one night because you had uh, things set up for you we went to a Viking dinner, right? Now I can tell you. Sure. What's the name of the place down in Limerick? Well, the, um, <laughs> out on the way to Shannon, yeah, the castle. Oh, what the hell is it called? Where they serve the mead and the everything. Yeah, Valley, and, no. and they lock you up, and one fella gets locked up in the dungeon and all that. Yeah. It's light years ahead of the Norwegian Viking. Are you serious? Oh, the Norwegian thing. What a load of rubbish. I nearly asked for my money back. (laughs) So, like, these guys, not everybody is better than us. No, no, it's true. Um, Yeah, and and so, as you said, these were, were, it was always designed, there were evenings of sort of traditional entertainment in Ireland in, you know, recreating a past life, but actually being able to immerse it in the best of musicians, the best of Irish speakers in the local area. It's definitely, uh, it's it's the, the work, it's sort of, the lifetime dream of two people retired, Charlie Troy, who's a natural scientist, and his wife, Derville Standoon, who's a traditional musician. And they're creating this thing. And thank God, as I say, it is. Americans are immersing themselves in it and writing letters. It's slightly expensive, you know, because it's an elite thing. You're staying. There's only a few of these restored 17th century cottages. Um, and every moment you're being educated in different areas of the bog and the history. All right, but it's okay. worth it. Okay, another alternative is Rock Farm in Slane. So this is another... So if, if you know, since 1703, basically, the, the Marquis Cunningham, the, who owned, you know, Charles Mount, um, Mount Charles, 
um, in Slane Castle, basically have been trying to create it. It was easy in the, 17th, in the 18th century, in the 19th century, Slane Castle was very easy to maintain with all of their lands and their, their money from abroad. They're now having to constantly uh, reinvent themselves. And, and so the Man Charles' current son, Alexander, married this woman called Karina Man Charles. She has devoted herself to changing the farm over, at least 90 acres of it over, into an organic or sort of a permaculture farm. As part of this, she has this whole um, rock farm, this series of shepherd's huts and yurts where you're looking out over the turrets of Stane Castle. You're on the north bank of the Boyne with these mature, with these 200, 300-year-old trees all around you. And... Uh, it's basically a way of getting onto Slane Castle without doing the whole blue book, staying in a big, you know, staying in the posh room and, and spending like 400 euros uh, a night. But well, what's this about teaching kids to climb trees? <laughs> yeah, when I first saw well, this... this is a really good idea because children don't climb trees anymore. Well, exactly. I mean, it's tragic that we do need to teach them, you know, but yeah. as you say, but since we do, they don't climb trees anymore. So she's got this thing called, it's, it's called Good Leaf Instructors. Again, it's taken from abroad. It's an, they realise around the world, people, children didn't know how to, how to, how to tr- climb trees and how are you going to start them again if they haven't been doing it since kid without risking so this is the way they put them in a harness they have ropes going up the tree these are like 40 meter high trees big old ancient trees that have been on the, the Slane Castle estate for centuries and you slowly learn your way you get, you're first you're taught the theory and then you slowly grapple your way up and until you get 40 metres high, there's sort of platforms that you get hammocks actually in the tree that you can lie down looking out over the whole Boyne Valley. Is uh, this for the grandparents? The hammock? <laughs> for anyone. Like you're wearing a full helmet. It's a bit, you know, you're o- it's over the top. But if this is the first experience of a kid who's going to be petrified of going into a tree, then you put, it's worthwhile putting them in a harness and a helmet. It's, it costs money. Like it costs 39 euros for an adult and 29 euros for okay. a child. Um, but again... You know, unfortunately, it is needed to reintroduce. So they have. She has this other thing because she is so immersed in in in, re- in reforming the land to this organic um, farm. She has this twenty-five kilometer food tour on electric bicycles. And regularly, we talk about this: how electric bikes are opening a whole new thing because it means people who aren't used to going twenty-five kilometers on a bike, like me, exactly, can sit on this. And you know, most of the time, you don't need to pedal if you don't want to. Um, and so it starts in. She has built this straw bale. Uh, farm office. In fact, she's built a whole new... You know, I, I built the first straw bale house in Ireland, in Westmeath. It is, you know, basically using ba- bales as Lego blocks, okay? She has built this lime house, which is a guest house made of straw bale, but her, 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 her office is also straw bale. You meet there, you have sort of tea and cookies out of her clay oven that she's building, and then she shows you around the different forest gardening she's doing, which is a form of gardening in between trees. She shows you all her wildlife, her sort of um, tamworth pigs and uh, and then you go on this journey first to 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 Kokaji, uh cider processes. So Kokaji are making this old traditional 18th century type of French cider called basically called keeving. But you know Kokaji, the word means cock and gay. So basically the excretion of the goose, which is the color of the cider. The cider is sort of green, slimy, green, yellowy color. Oh, uh, a definite purchase. <laughs> <laughs> you have yeah. a terribly cheek coming in here <laughs> trying to persuade people to go here. Yeah, you also enjoy, you also go to Shavenstan Organic Farm, which is a biodynamic farm. Um, there's a, you stop in at a cheesemaker in Boyne Valley Blue Cheese. Um, so, and then you get ice cream in, uh, in Des Crinian's Organic Farm, which he's got, he's got polytunnels and chickens and sheep. So it's just a way of going around the Boyne Valley, eating your way through. And your eating. bike. Exactly. And, and having like little treats wherever you go, little cookies or ice cream or cheese right, along the okay. way. Yeah. 
Um, moving on, uh, Inish Boffin. So we've touched on how Clare Island off the coast of Mayo is devoted itself to extreme adventure tourism. You know, as these islands all are having to find ways to reinvent themselves. And during sure. the downturn, when the government taps dried up, they all realised we could be forcibly evicted unless we find a, may, a way of saying we're actually, car, we're actually financially neutral. So Inish Boffin have decided they are going to be the eco-tourist island. They're going to be as environmental as they can. Already they thought... No one uses, no tourist will use a car, clearly, on Inish Boffin, because, you know, I mean, yeah. there's a few rattly old tractors and cars. But you're in, and in fact, you can get there by public transport the whole way from Dublin Airport uh, to Galway and then out, um, <coughs> uh, out, to, out to Connemara. Um, and when you get there, they have a whole range of experiences. One, so the, the two main sort of hotels, the Dolphin Hotel has started this thing called the Skylark Experience, okay? So in this, it's a four day or four night event costs 495 euros and that includes your bed all your food your ferry you get you get such a range of things so you get half a day on a sheep farm doing whatever is happening at the time either helping out with lambing either doing the evening count before the sheep are brought in to check there's, yeah, there's right, no wolves okay. or foxes it's all the, great stuff but yeah. yeah you you somehow you can't see george helping with the lambing can you <laughs> no no but i i mean i gave you the luxury holidays last week that this yeah. time you've got to give me you got to give me what i want for once so then you can go Fishing, okay, catch a mackerel, bring it back to the beach bar, uh, the, one of the two bars on the island, one of actually the three bars in the island. And, and have it. A, exactly, and have it cooked for now, you. Now, if it's mackerel, I'm all on. My mother used this and it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You could also collect, uh, maybe catch a, an escaped Clare Island uh, farmed salmon, but I wouldn't recommend that. Right. Um, so anyway, you could do, so you can do the sheep farming. You can also there's another thing you can work with the sheepdog, learn how the sheepdog works, and go up the hill with him and see oh, him. Right. And so, okay. so it's just I mean these are all things that were for free to do in the past. You know you'd go down to your cousin's farm and you do it, and they're no longer accessible. There's also a thing you go out and you plant a ridge of spuds, okay, on the on the local farm, and then you follow the you follow the progress of the potatoes on Facebook or on Twitter. From then on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like half the time am I taking the Mickey? But it's with this. Unfortunately, this is a state we've got to you know people are so disconnected from farming that actually that's what it's taken right. uh, so you go to Lacey's no, I farm I get it though yeah. I get it and yeah. of course because of these islands are so rich with birds it's a it's like an ideal introduction to bird watching you know most of us have no idea we're not going to experience we're not going to recognise the different birds but on if you're on Inish Boffin you're going to see guaranteed in your t- time there oyster catchers sandpipers lapwings corn crakes if you're lucky but, but what's astonishing when I think all the things children don't know mm-hmm. right like children don't know about climbing trees we've already talked mm-hmm. about but, but children don't collect bird's eggs like we used to collect bird's eggs yeah. we used to now I suppose it was rapacious in a way yeah, yeah. to be climbing up trees and stealing the eggs of the poor bird but, but like there was so much children did mm-hmm. in my time that associated with nature. These children I probably actually think that milk comes from a carton. Yeah, I mean, as you said, there's that lovely... Like, everyone who grew up in Cork, anywhere around the Lee, there was a thing that you'd go in somewhere and you'd get the sticklebacks, the little yeah. tiny fish. Like, the Birdwatch Ireland do not clearly recommend people go after eggs, you know, birds' no, eggs no, anymore, George. No, 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 I accept that. But, yeah, yeah. but I mean, what I'm saying is mm-hmm. that if you even say... If you went to, like, my grandson's school mm-hmm. and you said to him, has anybody here ever, like, gone birdwatching? Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. No, Nobody. No, or put a little bumblebee um, or, a, you know, or a ladybird in a jar for a day and see how it does and yeah. put a leaf in it. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, that's Inish Boffin. They have this, this, this guided walks around the whole Neolithic field systems. You can do your own thing. You can go and find the sort of the grey seal uh, holes. And then um, probably a final place would be Westport Woods Hotel is interesting. So it's on the grounds. I know it, yeah. Ah, yeah, it's on the grounds of Westport House, which suffered so much last year. Remember when it went bankrupt? Um, uh, the, sorry, the Westport House did. Westport Woods is 
was a separate entity. They sold off some of the forest and built this house there. It's a Brian McAniff Hotel, one of the McAniff Hotels. But what's interesting about it, they decided they were going to be, this is 20 years ago, as ecologically pure as they could. So they've now, rele- they've, they're, they're all off oil. They don't burn any oil. They have 65% down on their carbon emissions. They're, they reduced their waste from 240 tonnes to 35 tonnes a year. Like that's massive. Basically, it's almost it's almost ninety percent. Um, that's far far more than ninety percent. So uh, this did they they weren't eco. They weren't five star. They weren't looking for that whole you know middle yeah. class lease. They just decided from their own ideas. We're in this woodland on the on the grounds of Westport. Can we go uh, entirely um, uh, green? And they're, they're they've done it as far as they could. And they they want to go that they are entirely carbon neutral. So All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that was an interesting jaunt through holidays for other people and not for me. Although I might, I'd nearly be tempted to take my grandsons up a tree. You know, yeah. I'd nearly be tempted to take my my granddaughter, like to see slugs and stuff. You know, you really would because you realise what they have missed. I mean, that's tragedy, and that, that's why these holidays the Monkons talking about really would make fantastic holidays because they'd be so rare and so new. Instead of which, we take them off to a five-star establishment mm-hmm. where, you know, seven-year-olds are looking at the menu and saying, I'll have the fillet steak medium, please, <laughs> and I'll have Bernays rather than pepper sauce, you know. Mm. All right, it's Tuesday. It's Moncom again, travel. We're off next week. We'll be going foreign. But always, at this time, every Tuesday, is Travel with Monk on McGann.